Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. The news is dominated by the Queen of England. Most people, by the way, around Ireland and around the world are very sad to hear the loss of an elderly woman, realistically, 96 years of age. And the long reign of Queen Elizabeth II was marked by her strong sense of duty, I suppose, and her determination to dedicate her life to the throne and to the British people. I mean, she performed her duties for, what, 70 years and literally swore in her final Prime Minister, Liz Truss, less than two days before she died. So you can't really argue... You know, she died, or should I say, she worked right up to the time she died. And she did it with a smile, and she did it with grace. Even the other day, her last photograph, she was very cautious of that, by the way. She didn't really want the cameras in for the last day. And most people would have noticed, of course, that she looked extremely frail. Um, You know, over the last four months, she hadn't been seen in two months in public. And her success in maintaining the monarchy through such turbulent times, I suppose, was even more remarkable, given that at the time of her birth, no one could have foreseen that the throne would be her destiny for 70 years. So Elizabeth Windsor was born in 1926 in a house just off Berkeley Square in London. The first child of Albert, Duke of York. You've heard of him, haven't you? The grand old Duke of York. He had 10,000 men. You the song. Second son of George and his duchess, the former Lady Elizabeth Bowes Lyon. And, um... She'll now be replaced, of course, by King Charles, who had the option to change his name if he wanted to. He could have been George or Henry or whatever he wanted to be, but he's, he's stuck with Charles. He's Charles III. And I don't know if he'll be as popular as his mother. I have a funny feeling he won't be. A lot of people are of the opinion that he might not do it for very long and he might pass it over to William. But anyway, we'll find out. Maybe he will. Because uh, the man is not well himself, as many have seen or noticed lately. He has arthritis, uh, particularly in his hands. And all evening, or yesterday evening, should I say, I watched social media and the commentary from both Ireland and Britain. I thought Jedward's comments online were quite despicable, so much so that the Daily Mail picked it up. They were insensitive, they were disgusting, um, suggesting that Liz Truss had passed on something to her or something like that when she shook her hand and all this nonsense. Really, really going on about Irish politics and Irish history. They just, look, there's a time and a place for a conversation. You know, the President of Ireland, of course, passed on his condolences straight away. Obviously, the pre a statement already done. Michal Martin did post a statement for the Taoiseach of Ireland and said, Our world is a poorer place for her passing, but a far richer and better place as a result of her long life and enduring contributions. And the Sinn Féin leader, Mary Lou, also posted a carefully worded condolences, but condolences nonetheless, which would be difficult, I suppose, coming from a Republican point of view. And she said to the royal family, and all who mourn her death, her death of Queen Elizabeth, especially Irish Unionists, I extend my sincere sympathy. She lived a long, full life in her lifetime. Relationships between our countries were changed and changing. And I salute her contribution to this transformation. Now, although many of the comments, or most of the comments, should I say, online have been wonderful, they've been sincere, they've been lines of condolences from all world leaders and countries and people, generally be it on Twitter or social media of any description, some of the comments have been quite disrespectful, disgusting and nasty. And unnecessary, to be honest with you. And I also noticed that so many of the nasty comments were under, you know, Irish high-profile people who had passed genuine condolences to the British people. All the most, really most of the comments, I'll be honest with you, were respectful. And people appreciated the fact, of course, the Queen visited Ireland back in 2011. And she told guests at the time in Dublin Castle, ironically, you know, which was the headquarters of the British Army, if you go back in time. But she told people there in Dublin Castle in 2011, when she made her very famous speech, uh, you know, people from Northern Ireland and the Southern communities were there. And she said it was sad and regrettable reality that through history, our islands have experienced 
more than their fair share of heartache, turbulence and loss. And she went on to say, with the benefit of historical hindsight, we can all see things that we wish we'd been done differently. Or maybe not at all. Which I thought was not an apology, but as close as you're going to get to it. Well, cleverly worded to some degree. Most people seem to have moved on from our history with Britain. And although we will never forget the past, we put it into our history books. And hopefully we can move forward and learn from it. With an hopefully unending peace on our island. But others seem, seem intent on causing friction and passing on that bigotry and hatred for the Britain, you know, to their sons and daughters. And now is not the time. Tomorrow is not the time. And in fact, there will never be a time for hatred, that kind of bigotry and sectarianism. And I agree with freedom of speech, but there's a time and a place, and I don't believe today or yesterday in particular was the time. So... I'm going to be asking you a question. The question I want to ask you is, do you think that Ireland should have a day of mourning to mark the respect? Respect to the good. Now, I, am, I think, as far as I know, it hasn't been announced yet in Britain, but I think there'll be three days of mourning in Britain. When I say official, there's actually 10 days of mourning, but three days where people will have time off work. They haven't announced it yet, but that was the original plan um, when they said, well, I think it was called as an Operation Tower Bridge or London, London Bridge. I, I think that was the plan that they were going to have three days of official mourning where people would take time off work and all services would be closed. But should Ireland, as a mark of respect for our nearest neighbours, should uh, and very close neighbours, should we have a day of mourning? Because a lot of people live in this country are from Britain. A lot of people here respect the royals, by the way. You might think it, but some do. The number's 087-188-0008. I also got up with Derek Byrne, who's an academic and a journalist, and has his own kind of interesting story in relation to the Queen, Good afternoon to you, Derek. Hello, Niall. How are you? It's a sad day, of course, for the British people. Uh, mind you, an inevitable day. And in somehow smiling is not such a bad thing to celebrate the life 96 yeah. years or 70 years, you know, on the throne of, a, I suppose, what British people believe was a great woman. And many people around the world, in the Commonwealth, etc., would believe was a great yeah. woman. But you had your own personal experience because you had six years of correspondence uh, between 2013 and 2019 with the Queen. So how did that start? Yeah, um, well, uh, like the Queen, I'm, I'm a, a descendant of the Plantagenet, so I um, traced my own ancestry on my mother's side from six Plantagenet uh, kings. Um, and uh, one of my ancestors, the Right Honourable Francis Agard, is buried at um, Christchurch Cathedral, and his, uh, there's a monument to him uh, just inside the south transept. And, um, and so the cathedral asked me to um, write a book on him, Fundamentally, um, so I was doing some research, and I wrote to uh, the office of Buckingham Palace, looking to see, you know, um, could I get some information? And I got a lovely letter back from the office. And uh, at the same time, I discovered that um, my ancestor and Queen Elizabeth I were very close, very close childhood friends, and remained friends all their lives. And came across a letter from Elizabeth, Elizabeth I stating how sad she was to hear of his death. So I thought, this is very interesting. Um, my ancestor and Elizabeth I were writing to each other 500 years ago, and here I am getting correspondence from the current queen. So I wrote back to her. And, um, and lo and behold, I got a lovely letter back. And that started the whole thing, and I would kind of send a St. Patrick's Day card or, you know, or a, a letter. Anyway, Are you telling me that the queen was like a pen pal? <laughs> kind of like a pen pal, actually. Yeah, well, over the six years, I just counted the letters earlier on. There were ten of them altogether. Okay. Um, and, you know, could be very consequential um, or could be, you know, something, you know, quite witty. For example, um, around the time of her 65th anniversary, 
I love searching in flea markets and old second-hand shops and stuff. And I came across a lovely print of John Lavery's portrait of her grandmother, Queen Mary. So I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll send this over to her. And sure enough, I got, I, you know, I was basically saying, look, I'm sure you've got the original somewhere. <laughs> but I thought this was uh, hysterical that I found a portrait of your grandmother in a flea market in Dublin. And sure enough, she saw the funny side of it. And, um, and <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder, is it hanging up in Buckingham Palace somewhere? <laughs> I doubt it somehow. Now, I mean, the, the thing is, what you have to understand is, unless you meet the Queen, um, you don't. She doesn't write directly to you. It's a lady in waiting mm-hmm. that um, responds on her behalf. You know, I, I've often wondered about the lady. I've heard about the lady in waiting yeah. that she will write. But does do you think the Queen gets? To, she has her red box, of course, the famous red box that she yeah. allegedly opens every single day. Yeah. Um, do you think she gets to see them and just says the lady? Oh yeah. Ab- yes. Right. Right back there to Derek. No, absolutely. Um, the, the 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 letters I received back were from. Mary Morrison, her senior lady in waiting, and they're partly handwritten. So in in that instance, it's a direct reply from the Queen. Okay, so in other words, she yeah. would have said, you know, the lady in waiting would say, well, we have a letter here from Derek, we have a letter yeah, here from the... exactly. And, and, and then and, she'd ask what they're about. And yeah. what was wonderful after a while, um, like, I, I just, you know, obviously they're private and confidential, and I would never read them out, but just say that they, they, they started ending... I reckon the data protection ran out on them today, <laughs> somehow or another. Well, yeah, but I, I suppose that is respect, I suppose, but well, they I mean, would they, end... It'd be nice to have them framed and put up somewhere, wouldn't well, it? Well, I, I have them in a file, so yeah. they're there, but they, they, it would end with, I, I'm to send your Her Majesty's good wishes, and thank you once again for mm. writing as you did. So it was. I always love to see that once again, because it was an acknowledgement of the relationship that had built up. In, in other words, she, she was familiar with the fact that she exactly. had replied and written before. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So and, it wasn't and, just your standard insert name letter here. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, you know, so that's very special, you know, and I I think that, um, I think it also shows, you know, that A, she was accessible, B, she had a sense of humour. And I think she liked the fact that she got a letter from every now and again from some random Irish bloke. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but it kind of like found its own momentum, you know, and even my friends would find it hysterically funny. You know, that I'd get a letter um, back from uh, the Queen. And it is hysterically funny, you know. But I think I think that's what we forget about people in high position. They're also just human beings. You know, See, this, this is the thing. People talk about the fact that she's privileged. And there's no doubt she's been privileged all her life. But in saying that, with that privilege, in particularly in her case, maybe not in the likes of uh, Harry's or the rest of them, but certainly in her case, with that privilege came a huge sacrifice that she never would have had the life that we will have or, you know, yeah. and the freedom. Yeah. You know, to walk into Aldi or to, you know, to go to a gig or, you know, yeah, hang around the yeah. electric picnic for a while. She's never going to have that life. And she would have had that life for a very short period of time before she became the Queen. And I know she used to go to nightclubs with her sister, with Margaret at a very young age. <laughs> they used to sneak out to nightclubs and stuff like that, uh, much to the uh, pissed off Albert quite a lot. But they did it. <laughs> and she was quite a clever woman, I believe, by the way. She was a mechanic, I believe, during the war or something like that. Or, or During the war, yeah, yeah. you know, um, played her own part. As soon as she became 18, she signed up. I think, you know, um, like uh, I have a friend, you know, uh, with me, you know, from uh, Switzerland who was saying, you know, when you talk about the Queen, you talk about the Queen. She was like a, go- a global Queen. She wasn't, you know, just the Queen of the United Kingdom. You talk about sending condolences to, you know, the people of the United Kingdom. But I think because she has been around for so long, she was a figure in all our lives and she played a huge part in the history of all our countries. And an interesting thing, I was talking to your researcher, Ruth, about earlier. She's a symbol of our independence in this country. 
And a lot of people might not agree with that, but go on. Well, yeah. no, I'll tell you why. Her father was the last King of Ireland. Her father had the title King of Ireland. And she didn't have the title Queen of Ireland. Mm. So it was that break with the monarchy. But what, when, well, yeah, but the monarchy that. was only removed from our constitution in, was it 1936, if I can remember rightly? I so it, it was still part of our constitution. From, I, I know somebody yeah. later on will tell me if I'm wrong or but right, you, but, but I think it was only removed in 36. But the fact of the matter is her, her father held the title until he died. Mm. She didn't take on the title. That's, that's probably what, what I'm, I'm thinking that, of, yeah. That's what I mean about her being a symbol of our independence. She did not claim to be the Queen of Ireland. Do you th- do you um, think her? Well, it wasn't an apology, but certainly what she said, you know, in Dublin Castle, but yeah. ironically enough, was the headquarters of the British Army. Yeah. At the time. But do you think what she said, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, historical hindsight, we can all see things that we wish we had done differently or not at all. Do you think that was an indirect apology without actually upsetting too many unionists? Yeah. And you see, you see, the Queen fundamentally, the, the 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 Queen was speaking as the Queen, not as herself, and she would have been told what to say. You know, she she would not. Well, I think I think I think she probably wanted to say something, but would have been told how to word it. Exactly. You know, and uh, and she she you know she fundamentally would have had to you know do what the, the prime minister of the day and the government of the day said, which she was very close to Mary McAleese. Her and Mary McAleese were very good friends, mm-hmm. and I think it was very clear from that relationship that she felt an affinity with the Irish people, and she really wanted to come to this country. You know, I think the fact that she made it here. Um, and that she got the reception that she did was um, something that. Do you think um, she was? Do you think she was surprised by that reception? Because there, there was, was very. I was on the air at the time, and we we kind of covered a bit of it. I was surprised actually. There was very little protests. I think she was. Um, well, you see, the thing is, again, you know, but you know, I think the way we respond to Britain and the United Kingdom nowadays. Uh, shows how mature we have become as a nation. It reflects on us most as of Irish us. people. Most um, of yeah, us. Well, yeah, absolutely, most of us. But I think as a nation, when you, when you see how the president has responded, how the Taoiseach has responded, how most people in Ireland have responded, what, what you see in a woman like uh, Queen Elizabeth, which I think is rare in this day and age, is great leadership. I think the world lacks great leaders. And, you know, people were able to um, look to her and say, this is how it's done. I mean, she's an example of how to lead, of what you do. Which was certainly dedicated. There's no doubt about that. I mean, literally swore in her 15 prime minister days ago. And and with a smile and grace, although she must have been in pain because she did have arthritis and gout. So, you know, she she probably knew she was close to the end of her life. And yet she still wanted to do it. And sometimes, you know, I think particularly in this day and age where we live in, uh, in, in such an age of immediacy and everything has to be in the now and everything has to be about us, this idea of sometimes acting selflessly, sometimes putting mm-hmm. yourself second. Sometimes I mean, she could, have, she could have handed it over to Charles 10 years ago if she wanted to. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, uh, I have a feeling, you know, to be honest, that Charles would be a kind of a, a bridge between the old and the new, I, my my prediction, if you're interested in it, is that he'll he will be king for five years and then he'll abdicate and pass it on to. Um, Possible, yeah. You know that I have met Catherine. Okay, so yes, okay, so you met the Duchess of Cambridge, who now, by the way, as far as I, I know, becomes the Princess of Wales. Is that right? Um, I don't think it's immediate. Their 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 immediate titles will be the uh, Duke and Duchess of Cornwall and Cambridge. 
I don't think they will immediately become the Prince and Princess of Wales, but they will become the Prince and Princess of Wales, yeah. Okay, all right. So, and Camilla becomes the Queen... Um, She's the Queen Consort. consort. Yeah. Yeah. So she, yeah. she will never be the Queen, but of course well, Catherine will. Uh, no, no, Catherine will be Queen Consort as well. You only become the oh, Queen if well, you no, are well, the... Okay, so, so Catherine won't become the Queen. I wasn't aware of that. Oh, no, no. The, the title, that the wife of a king is Queen Consort. The Queen... The title queen is only for the monarch. So um, the wife of a, of a king is always queen consort. In your view, what happens? So Charles abdicates five years. William becomes the king. Yeah. Uh, Catherine becomes the queen consort. Yeah. If William dies, does Catherine remain as queen consort? No, if William dies, uh, George becomes king. Oh, okay. So, okay. So okay. it only goes down the 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 royal line. Yeah. All right. Okay. I, I was curious about that whole aspect of it. Okay. Because so, the queen had no brothers, and there were no. Um, so she, that's why she became the sovereign. So, what was the circumstances in which you met Catherine? Um, well, um, I'm a friend of her mother, um, Carol, and they were all over for an art exhibition of a mutual friend, okay. uh, the wonderful artist Gemma Billington. And um, and so we like we hadn't a few of us had known in advance that she would be there. Um, so um, her, Carolyn introduced me to her and um, afterwards there was a private dinner which I was invited to and, um, and so we got a chance to talk to her. Now this was, this was a long time ago. This, this was before she was with William at the time but um, this was about four or five years before they got married. But I do remember at the time that, you know, she was, you know, she, she, she behaved so impeccably and she was such a uh, lovely wonderful person I mean what you see is what you get I mean what you see even on TV is exactly how she um, is and I, I think she'll make an amazing um, queen I think the country will be in safe hands with William um, There's no airs and graces about her really is there you know No you know she's um, It's ironic I say that about royalty but, but, think, but, but there is no airs and graces But I think she's solid I think you know that's the, that's the thing I mean I've never I've never met William but I think that's the thing about them. They're, they're solid. They understand that in a modern age, um, monarchy has to be more grounded um, and has to be more relatable to um, the people. That's why, you well, know... I, I suppose it's like it's it's like everything. You know, the church has to be more relatable. Monarchy yeah. has to be more relatable. Governments need to be more relatable to the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, in an evolving world, you know, yeah, that just yeah. has to be the way it is. Yeah, and what do, you, what do you say to the haters... You know, and they're all over social media. I'm sure you've seen yeah. it yourself. I don't say anything. Don't leave them. I mean, these are people. No, no, well, okay. You know? But there are people, right, who yeah. are unforgiving in a sense. Let, let's leave aside the despicable and disgusting comments, right? Yeah, yeah. But people who will not bury the hatchet. Do you believe they deserve, uh, does their argument deserve any credence whatsoever? They say, well, okay. You know, but she was a woman who oversaw a country, you know, an imperialistic country, which took over many countries of the world as part of the Commonwealth and also part, obviously Ireland as well and give us back our six counties, etc., etc. Do you, is there, is there credibility in that argument for you or is, as far as you're concerned, is that part of our history and let's go on with unending peace and forget about it? Look, you can never forget the past and um, we should never take away from the fact that people have suffered. You know, mm. people really have suffered. People have suffered on all sides. Um, I personally find the whole notion of colonialism abhorrent. Um, and um, I think what happened to this country at the hands of the British was um, disgusting and should never have happened. And I don't think that any amount of apologies can undo what happened. But 
we have to move forward. We have no choice. Ireland is a very distinguished country that plays and hits way above its weight on the international stage because of the kind of people we are, Mm -hmm. because we are an intelligent, dignified people. And that's the kind of Ireland that I want to be part of and I want to represent and, 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 and I want people around the world to see. Um, I think people who um, still feel hatred um, uh, need to kind of um, move out of that so that they can move on and, and live in the now rather than live in the past, but okay. never forgetting the past. Okay, thank you very much indeed. There's uh, Derek Byrne, academic and journalist, uh, talking about his interaction with the Queen, essentially becoming a PayPal, or pen pal. Did I say PayPal? Pen pal. After the break, by the way, I will be talking to Fran King, friend of the show who's been in here many times. Fran plays with the classic Beatles. And surprisingly enough, he actually played with the Queen, or for the Queen. Now, if you're thinking of the most unusual way you could possibly end up meeting the Queen, but I often wonder, is the cliche, gone to London to see the Queen, is that now gone? Do we have to get rid of that one? But anyway, a more unusual way, Fran King, who is a member of the Classic Beatles and uh, the Bootleg Beach Boys and many other bands who we've had in our studio on numerous occasions here in Ireland's Classic Hits, uh, joins me on the air. Good afternoon to you, Fran. How are you? Now, Fran, people will know you. You've been in the studio many times with numerous different bands. Yeah, yeah. But, but I suppose the one that you were kind of most popular with was the Classic Beatles. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yourself and the lads, Scott and the boys, uh, and you, you went course. out doing your tours. And you, George Martin thought you were the best Beatles, um, I suppose, um, that, that, that he had ever seen. That, you know, that you could replicate these songs perfectly. So much so, you explain the rest of the story. Yeah, we had the pleasure of working with them twice. Uh, first time in 1999 for um, a couple, two shows at the National Concert Hall when he was basically retiring from live work with it, and his son Giles was on the show as well. But, um, and after that, he came back for a UCD thing that we also worked with. But in the meantime, he'd, uh, he'd recommended us, or somebody had got in touch with him from the royal family. I think it might have been a woman by the name of Lady Sarah, who's a cousin of the Queen, who runs a huge um, event organisation company in the UK. And they had said something to Sir George Martin, and he had said, well, you've got to get these guys. So we weren't told who the client was by the company until we arrived at the Ritz Hotel in 2004 and we were getting shown around where we were going to set up and there was police cordons and we thought, you know, Madonna was in England at the time. We thought, oh, it's going to be a gig from Madonna, you know. And it, so you and, guys, uh, these are like secret gigs. You had no idea who you were going to be playing to. No, it but was a private. Family, I hope you were being paid well, by the way, but it was a private, it was a private gig. It was yeah. a, a private thing and um, all of our families had been contacted by MI5 or the background checks done because I know my parents had said to me, post all this had said, I was wondering why we're getting calls from the UK from some police service checking on phone records or something like that. But anyway, there was a bit of background check obviously done on everybody. Um, we got there and we were being shown around the area where we were going to play and where the stage was and the Ritz. Was like, Jeez, this is really glitzy. And the guy who was kind of saying, you know, they kind of had it added on this kind of awning at the side. And we said, he said, look what we've done for Her Majesty. And we were like, what? <laughs> so that was the first inclination that we were playing for the Queen. And um, in the meantime, we'd looked up... Um, the Royal Command performance that the Beatles had played, and we did that exact set list because we, we heard she was a big fan of all that stuff. So. so because she was a fan of the Royal Command performance when the Beatles played, yeah. she wanted, well, the best she could get, or the closest, and, and George yeah, Martin, the yeah. Beatles manager, thought, you guys are the best you can get. So yeah. what, what can you remember the set, by the way? 
Can I remember the set? Yeah, was, there many, uh, was it a full set or just five or six songs? No, we played for about an hour and a bit. And, and believe it or not, um, it was the coronation um, anniversary um, is what I gathered from the evening. And it was, uh, it was interesting to watch from the stage before we went on, how people were interacting with her because they were obviously women were curtsying and all this business. But I could tell from her body language, she was telling them, you don't have to do that. This isn't an official thing. It's a casual was, event. This is a casual that, Put your event. jeans on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she wasn't wearing a crown or any of that business. So it was all very informal, I guess. And I'd never seen that. And what was it? Was it really like it? Was it dinner and drinks first and then you guys come yeah, on? Yeah, it, the... it was a whole evening. So it was like a gala. It was like a dinner... Um, there was lots of different entertainment. There was up close magic and stuff like that going on. Uh, guys going around the room doing these, you know, these moving these spheres around. It was very, very all evening of entertainment, and we were only a little part of it. We were uh, an hour and a half of it in the middle, but it was all day and you know all the next day, kind of getting set up and getting through all the the various securities and the different checks that we had to go through. But watching, observing all these people and how they operate behind closed doors was very interesting. And to see her dance for the entire set, for the entire set, was incredible. Um, like so you're, you're there days. with your, your Beatles regalia, your, the, the wigs yeah, and yeah. everything. You're, you, of course, are Paul McCartney. Sir pa- yeah, sorry, yeah. Sir Paul McCartney. And, <laughs> and you've got the wig on the whole bit and all yeah. the regalia and you're playing away. And literally, she's how far, like 15, well, 10 foot stage, away from you? At one stage, about seven feet, because the, the stage... She was kind of be dancing around, you know, we were doing stuff like Till There Was You, kind of really kind of waltzy, kind of nice stuff. And who was she and, dancing um, with, by the way? She was just dancing with Viscounts and different um, dignitaries. Uh, she didn't once dance with Philip. Now, he was on the dance floor for, for a little bit, but he came up to But, but every woman twice. apart from her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, believe it or not. And he came up to our sound man twice to complain that we were too loud. <laughs> but she didn't give a bother. She was dancing away and she stopped and clapped between every song. It was really odd to see the woman who's on all the English money standing there in front of you kind of clapping away and enjoying the gig. It was very, very surreal. But uh, I'm going to pay you at the end of this. My picture is on every note I'll give you. <laughs> well, we got to stay in the Ritz that night, which was unbelievable. Part of the whole, the whole setup, you know. Yeah. So that was, um, that was incredible. And did she and pass I, any comment or anything? Did she say anything to you? Well, at the very end, we had to stand there in the, like you see in those kind of '60s things when the Beatles were actually standing there, and Prince Philip and herself were walking to the exit, which was literally like thunder and lightning, full of flash bulbs going off. And we were stood there in our beetle costumes and wigs and Prince Philip stopped right in front of us and said uh, he believed that we were from Northern Ireland for some strange reason. And Scott from the band was saying, no, we're actually from the Republic. Oh, you're from the Republic. He said, he, and she just looked at us. She didn't make any, any um, she was stood there now about four feet at this stage away yeah. from us. And he remarked then, oh, uh, oh, he didn't know we were from the Republic. And we said, yeah. And he said, yeah, you were very good, but you made a terrible racket. Without <laughs> missing the beat, we broke into the Beatles. Well, it wasn't me, it was him. Yeah. And they laughed. The two of them laughed and moved on, and that was kind of it, really. Yeah, okay. All over it in a flash. Yeah, well, I, I suppose it's a kind of, it was probably a, something quite surreal, to, as you rightly said, to see this yeah, person that you know, normally see the stamp or whatever. For that kind of information to be dropped on you at the gig... It was like no pressure or anything, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was very strange. And did, you, did you have to sign any NDAs before or after or what no, you see, you know, no, the antics that. that you see in there? No, because I guess it was all very, the, the pomp and ceremony was all there, even though it was all very played down. There was no curtsying needed or any of that stuff that goes on, I guess, when the public, when it's a public event. Um, 
so in that sense, it was really interesting to see how they all interacted, and it seemed very casual. And as I said, there was no... Just like your average wedding, I suppose, yeah. Like a high-class wedding, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, they were all dressed in ball gowns and black tie and all that business, but it was very... um, Yeah. There was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of um, dignitaries there. Hope you were well. Hope you were well fed on the night as well, were you? I'm sure you. Had we did. We had. We we were. We were. We were there from like ten o'clock in the morning till the next day. So it was. Uh, it, it was an interesting, thing. and we got to meet a lot of people from that company of book party planners, and mm. they were very sweet. And we did. We did a bit of work with them in in Wales after that stuff like that, but not not for a royalty. After that was our only encounter with. Uh, so that's your, that's not your, your claim to fame, Anne, is it? Yeah. Well, it's a strange one. You see, I'm not a monarchist by any means. You know, you know, you know how divisive that is in politics and stuff like that. I, I wouldn't be, you know, I, I, I don't like you. I heard you talking there about you know, Meghan Markle and all these people. To me, they're all like the Kardashians. I don't buy into any of that stuff. It's not my cup of tea. Um, mm. I thought it was interesting uh, in 2011 when she came and she spoke in, our, in Irish at, when she came to Ireland. And it kind of, you know... I suppose in ceremony and in uh, symbolism, kind of did a bit of healing from a lot of years of of, of pain, mm-hmm. you know, to that point. So I thought that was interesting, but I, I wouldn't be a monarchist or you know any of that stuff. But it was an interesting. Was and a, as a person, an what gig. what what do you think? I mean, obviously we're talking about her because she's passed away yeah. at ninety six. And don't get me wrong, ninety six. A lot of people yeah. said it today as well. It's a good long life. You can't ask for much more yeah, than that in life, really. Go. I think oh we'd all God. be happy if we got to that age. Absolutely. And certainly be happy if we got to that age at her health. Because up to, health, exactly. up to her yeah. a couple of months ago, she was perfectly healthy. So, well, she met Liz Trust the other day. I know she looked a bit ill there. But, yeah. um, but like you said, to be still doing ceremonial things and be in office, like being in employment until you're 96 is some some innings, you know, there's some, something in that, all right. Yeah. In, in relation to, I suppose, playing, you know, for yeah. the Queen or as a part, I, I, no, what I'm trying to say is, as a person, if you leave aside the fact yeah. that she's a monarch, as a person, what do you think of her achievement? I mean, the her fact that she, you know, 70 years on the throne, 70 yeah, years. Yeah, 15 prime ministers. It's, it's interesting. And you see television shows like The Crown and it kind of, I suppose, encapsulates all that in in that Hollywood sort of way. Um, you know, it lived through interesting times, I guess you could say, and lived through very changing times, very rapidly within her monarchy, I guess. And, um, and here, obviously, as well, in politics in Ireland as well, in Northern Ireland. But, um, yeah, it must, have, it must have been a a strange life, you know, be born into that and that's your that's, that's your I mean, life, and people you know? do do and I said this earlier on to Derek, people say, yeah. Oh, you know, a very privileged woman. But I don't mm. know whether I'd like that sort of privilege or not. No, they, well you get the impression from the T V show they they hint at the fact that, you know, it's something that you're that's that's kind of imposed on you. You don't really make a decision for that. You kind of you're born for that sort of I thing. I mean you, you look know? at you look at, you know, the, the Duchess of Cambridge or Catherine as people call her, her yeah. kids. Um at that yeah. recent gig um, that was on, I can't remember the centenary or whatever it was, the 70, 70 years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the kids were just, I don't know, they're about five or six years of age. And one of yeah. them was, was messing on the seat. And they were all over the papers the next day. So, I, know, I don't yeah. know, it was from a very so young age. doesn't marry up, yeah. It's a strange one, you know. And all that pomp and stuff that goes with the etiquette and the, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of stoic behaviour, it's all very strange. And I guess you have to be, so that's what I'm saying. You are for that for that you're, privilege. You're born into that, yeah, yeah, and you're trained in that. And, Which you, know, you sacrifice a lot, don't you, for that privilege? Yeah. Well, well, she was coronated in the 50s, so that's that's literally her lifetime. 
Well, she was as that job. I'm not sure how old she would have been. I suppose she would have been in her mid twenties. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, her, her dad, was it her dad had abdicated? So yeah. he'd had enough of it. So, you know, mm. it, it's, it's... Well, he I had cancer, I believe, didn't he? he? In the end, he died of cancer, but he was quite sick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's a strange one. The monarchies are a very strange thing. Anyway, we just came back from Denmark playing over there, and they've got a, they've got a queen and stuff like that. It's all very odd. And I mean, I, I'm sure it's brilliant for tourism and all that stuff. Mm. And it's, it's invaluable in that sense. But as you know, there's no real political clout anymore. In that sense, um, it's all taken away with government and stuff. But uh, needless to say, anecdotally, it was very interesting. It's an interesting because there's not many people in our business, especially from Ireland, who've had the chance to be kind of that up close and personal, I guess, in that respect. Yeah, just to clarify, oh. for those who are royalists, she was 25, 1952. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so 70 cool. years. 70 years. Uh, well, I was going to say to the day, but it was February the 6th, so it's, it's yeah. a little bit more than it's 70 a lifetime, years. Really. Well, it's, uh, it's more than some people's lifetime. <laughs> it's more than some people's lifetime. But I've often <laughs> wondered, by the way, and there was one question I used to always ask, does the Queen think the world smells of fresh paint? <laughs> because everywhere <laughs> everywhere she goes, some guy's about 20 foot in front of her painting a wall. I'm nearly there. I'm yeah, nearly there. Yeah. You know, and red car is a really red carpet's everywhere. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, butlers everywhere. I mean, we were, when we were sound checking, we were, um, you know, also having a little bite to eat. And there was a guy going around holding your glass. And it was really, there was a guy allotted to every member of the band to kind of carry your drinks and, you know, go in the lift with you. It was very, very strange. Yeah. <laughs> very strange. Uh, Fran King from the classic Beatles. Thank you very much indeed, Fran. And after the break, by the way, I want to take some of your calls. Some people are suggesting we should have a day of mourning or at least a minute's silence in respect of the death of the Queen. But what do you think? The number is 87 Lots and lots of texts coming in. Somebody says, no, <coughs> well done. I think it's wonderful to hear Irish radio talk so warmly about the British Queen. I am originally from England, but I live in Ireland and I'm delighted to hear the Irish media being quite respectful. I didn't really expect that, although there has been nasty comments online, which I've chosen to ignore. I've chosen to ignore them yourself, to be honest with you. Hi, Niall. Um, enjoying the show today. Very upset about to hear about the Queen. It's 18 here. You know me, I love the Royals. But, um, I mean, as Derek said, yeah, you can't uh, forget like about all of the history. But at the same time, like it is history. And I often feel as well, people tend to forget. You talked about the Queen's speech in Dublin Castle. The Queen's own uncle was murdered by the IRA off the coast of Sligo, if you remember, Lord Mountbatten. So she had her own, she had a personal experience of that, you know, history and violence and everything else. A lot of what people are talking about is like way, way in the past. But she was able to put her own personal um, issues aside in relation to Lord Mountbatten and continue with her duty and come and visit Ireland. And she had an amazing time. She still kept in touch with the guy from the fish market in Cork. So she said, and William said, uh, when he came here, that it was one of her favourite visits that she ever had. Anyway, I think she's incredible. We'll miss her. Thanks, Niall. Bye. There you go. She does actually still keep, or she, well, she did still keep in touch with the fishmonger. Let me go to Brian. Brian, you're in Ireland's classic kids. How are you doing, Brian? I Not too bad at all. Good. Too Brian, bad. I mean, I, I know a lot of Irish people are passing on their condolences, more so to the British people, I suppose, because, you know, she was their, their queen for so long. But, I mean, should we have a day of mourning, a minute's silence, or should we have to be respectful to our next-door neighbours? Mm, if the British want to have a month of mourning, let them have it. Like, but why well, should the British do it? 
Well, well, they, know, will, they will, well they will have it. I mean, they, they have 10 days in the morning, but they probably have three days off work next week or at the time of the funeral. So, That's I mean, clear for the workers there, like, but why do I all have to do it? Like, I mean, well, you don't have to do it. Just, I'm only asking a question. Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. You can go to work, Brian, if you want. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I mean, we're still tipping the cap to the, fo- the forelock, like, to the British, you know what I mean? And is, that, is there mean, anything wrong with that? There is, of course. We're in a republic. Britain is a monarchy. We are a republic. Like, I'm aware I of mean, that. Britain has been in Ireland and are still in Ireland. They have six houses up in the north. People are cribbing about Russia going into Ukraine, which they're right about. But England are still in Ireland. They still have six counties belong to us. I mean, the last speaker there was talking about Lord Mountbatten. I mean, the British Army killed an awful lot of people in Northern Ireland. Uh, over the last 800 years or whatever they've been inside in this country, where they plundered and took everything that they could from us. And then we're supposed to bend the knee and say, oh, we're sorry and all that kind of stuff. Like, I mean... But when, when we when we look at the world around us, and by the way, Ireland wasn't the only country taken over by the British. I mean, the British, of course, were quite famous uh, for plundering countries at one stage in their history. That's all changed. We've moved on. History has moved on. And I'm not, I'm not saying we should ever forget all the men and the women who died for their freedoms, for our freedoms, etc., etc. And and hopefully in the future we may have a 32-county Ireland because I don't think the British really want it, to be honest with you, at this point. I think it's cost them too much money and they're sick of the, the moaning. So, I mean, we have to look forward and not backwards. It, you know, is it? I mean, when we hit recession in 2009, 2010, the first country to help us out financially was Britain. Yeah, well, it's very nice of them. I mean, they still <laughs> well, have six nice counties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they still have the six counties, like, and, and they haven't given it back to us yet. Well, well, yeah, but it's not just a case of, I mean, and the Green would know that, and every Prime Minister knows that. It's not just a case of going to, you know, ringing up Michal Martin and saying, hey, Michal, listen, those six counties, yeah. Listen, do you want them back tomorrow? You can't, it, that just can't happen. There has to be, there's, a, there's a long process to that because there are people up there who are happy to be clear, declared as British. Because it's been so long, it's generational. So it's not just a case of giving them back. There's more well, I mean, to it than that. A, yeah, yeah, but not even a process of doing that is happening at the moment. I but, mean, I, but I think it will, Brian, in a very short period of time. I think that process will start, and I think the border poll will start very soon. Brian, stay there for a second, and I understand the point you're making. Mark, you're an Ireland's Classic Kids. Aiden, Mark. Yeah, hi, Niall. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Mark, do you believe? I'm sorry, I have a very short amount of time here today, but uh, do you do you believe that we should have some sort of minute silence, day and morning, half day and morning, or in respect of our British colleagues? Well, I've lived here for about 20 years, and I don't see there's any reason why you should, from even a respect point of view. I think if people want to do that, then you know there there are churches, and you know you can do it in your the privacy of your own home. But I personally don't think there's any need for it. I mean, of course. Uh, Northern Ireland, um, they may well want to do something themselves, and I, and I think they should because you know they they are part of. Uh, You've got fifty percent of them, Kingdom. yeah. But not here. I don't think there would be any uh, need or reason. But we to are do that. we are very closely aligned with Great Britain now. I mean, I know we've well, had we've had very but bad history in the past, but not now. A, I don't think there's a, a reason why you should. I mean, people can pay the respects. I paid my respects in my head mm. to, to the Queen and her family and my wife has done the same and she's she's Irish and she's very she loves the 
the the, the royal family and and all what it sort of stands uh, for encompasses and yeah. and her family's well she's in uh, her family's in the uh, history books along with uh, uh, many of the uh, uh, the uh, major Republicans who, who fought for uh, your independence. Mm-hmm. So you know, and you know, time... do, do you not think it's a, it's a, it would be a good sign of solidarity with the British people if the British thought that the Irish government had decided, you know, to have a day of mourning? Uh, you know, do you not think that would be a good thing to do? to show that, you know, the past is the past and we want to get on, we want to move forward, you know, we don't ever want to go back to where we were back in the 1970s, particularly, you know, with the IRA and bombings and all that kind of carry on. Would that be a good thing to do? Um, yeah, of course. Anything that heals is is a good thing, always. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it needs to be shoved down people's throats. Okay. I think it should be a, a personal choice, to be honest. Okay, Mark, thank you very much indeed. Brian, thank you very much indeed. i got to go into a break. Keep texting, keep on tapping. There was always seven one double eight treble zero eight. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show.